it was a year ago. A year ago, we started our pandemic, and we weren't meeting as a church. That's when we had the memorial for Asmik. It was good to see you again, Ella. Is it Alexander? Do I remember that right? Huh? That's right. And I forgot your name. Lily. Nice to meet you. In fact, it was nice meeting your family. There was, there was more here. We weren't sure we were going to be able to have the memorial because the governor said we couldn't have ten or more people or something like that. But you know, the memorial was very important. It's important for family, immediate family, and it's important for a church family. A number of you were here, and some of you couldn't be here to give, you know, a comment, a thought, share a thought of what our sister Asmik meant to you and meant to this church. Um, But you'll have an opportunity today, because it's tradition, that a year later we'd have another memorial remembering what a blessing Asmik was to her family uh, and to this church family. And, uh, and so my sermon is entitled, and I want us to have a time, I want you to think about sharing a thought, sharing a thought that gives glory to God about what Sister Asmik meant to you and how God had blessed her to be the, the beautiful Christian woman that she was. And... Um, um, and as Robbie read the scripture... The scripture of Christ in you, the hope of glory. And that will be the focus of our sermon, but I was hoping that we would be able to take a little time before the sermon to talk about in a memorial. And I asked Steve if it's okay if Steve would read the, the insert. So if Steve would like to come forward and read the biography. when God decided that uh, we put her to sleep. During her time here, Azrik was born in Armenian in Tashkent, Uzbekistan, on September 18, 1939. Married at the young age of 15 to her husband, Albert Davidov, Azrik was married for 33 years and had never remarried since his passing on June 30th, 1988. Asma worked as a podiatric nurse at local hospital in Andenyan, Uzbekistan. She also helped her husband in his work for most of her early adult life. Asma was a faithful woman of God who fully committed her life to serve the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit in 1994. She was a member of the Seventh-day Adventist Church for 17 wonderful years. While being a loving wife to her husband, Albert, she was a loving mother to two wonderful children. 
Ella Nazarian's and Karo Davidov. Not long after Azmik became a beloved grandmother to four children, Ambartsam and Avelina Nazarians from her daughter's family and Margarita and Christina Davidova from her son's family. Azmik is preceded in death by her loving father, Atash Avetishan, loving mother, Margarita Avetishan, her dearest brother, Alexander Avetishan, and her beloved husband, Albert Davidov. Like I said in the beginning, I decided she's had enough and he put her to sleep. March 13, she took her last breath and closed her eyes. But the fortunate, the blessing in this is the next time she opens her eyes, she'll see Jesus. Amen. I take the first breath of the rest of her life. Amen. Thank you for reading that, Steve. That was very good. I was thinking we would take a little time for those who'd like to say a remembrance. Um, I'll just begin. I, I didn't know her when she was well. But I have a beautiful picture of her in my mind because of what you've shared about her. And all I can think of is a very kind mother and a very kind sister who who made life very enjoyable for a lot of people, who brightened life um, and has inspired hope in many people. And, and when that hope is passed on, it's her work continues, doesn't it? Her work continues. It didn't actually end. Uh, who would like to go first? Or Yes, Ron? Is that on? Okay. Can you test it? Is this one working? One, one. Okay. Yes. Inga? It's hard to talk in English, but I hope you will understand me. I met Esmik eight years ago, and she was already Adventist, an Adventist, but it seems like she was born like a very deeply religious human. So, and her eyes was always, always shone with a living light and sensory inquisitive look. She was like a mother for me, second mother, actually, or third mother. So, Esmik was a, like, um, uh, she was always compass, sorry, compassionate, compassionate, full of love, of care and concern. And having, having like, I knew, having to live uh, having lived a difficult life, she has always been faithful to human principle of morality and obedience and fear of God. Hmm. Amen. And I really miss her. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yes. 
Uh, I, like Ron, uh, didn't speak uh, Ukrainian or Russian. I'm not quite sure what languages she used, but she was an inspiration to us all. She would attend church even in the most foul weather you can imagine. She would be here with her Carmina, and uh, they were like two grandmothers to me. And I, the only grandmother I remember, she died when I was very young. So, like I said, it breaks my heart to, uh, and I, I'm sorry for being emotional, but I find I found her faith to be true mm. and something to be admired. Mm. And I hope and pray that we'll see her again in heaven. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Okay. Elder? Yeah. I'm, I'm really happy to have the opportunity to speak. That's right. We were there together. Yeah. But uh, your mother was loved here in this church, you know. And like a uh, young lady asked a question in the Bible said, Ma'am, if you want to live a life of Christ, here's the way you should live that you got in a great inspiration of hope. She was actually moved by the spirit of Jesus Christ. She displayed it in all that she did here that we know of. I don't know what happened to her in Ukraine because we all live many different lives. Here in America, your mother was inspirational. I called her mother. I didn't call her grandma. <laughs> she asked me to speak. I don't know if it was your son or your brother's son. She asked me to speak to him about God. And I spoke to him about God. And I seen him come to church a couple of times. I'm sorry. She was a hope for me, ma'am. And, and like uh, all I can say at this moment here is you are that inspiration of that love that she was forecasted around Brooklyn Church. Like the brother said in the back, she was always here. She caught buses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, you could pick her out in a crowd, huh? Yeah. Yeah. happy that she was, I had the opportunity to meet her in my life, huh. and she is the reason why I am peaceful when I die. Huh. I know that when the Lord rises us up, we'll all be with him up and <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Mm. <laughs> Thank you, Elder. <laughs> yes. Here, Elder. my English. Um, I'm a English pastor. It was her second sermon. And I can say her sermon was helpful so much. Everybody in the prayer for soul. And I'm happy because I know she was Jesus. She always said, I'm not afraid to die. I know I will be with Jesus in the heaven. Amen. Amen. Thank you, everybody, and God bless everybody, and bless your church, and I hope it's going to be more peaceful in our country, all over the world, and um, I try to pray every day. I miss her so much, but I know I meet her one day. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. God bless. Hello everyone and thank you for being here today. Uh, I just want to add something for myself. Uh, I'm her granddaughter-in-law <laughs> and I was uh, happy enough to meet this woman in 2016 and unfortunately I didn't enjoy her beautiful presence for a long time but whatever I had, it's still in my heart and in my memory uh, I remember grandma the first day when she dearly welcomed me into this family and where I f felt safe and welcomed. Um, and she had this beautiful Armenian name, Hasmik, which is a double honor for me because it's also my mother's name, which means that Jasmine, the flower. And she was like physically like a little pretty flower with this glowing face and a little <laughs> beautiful eyes. And there was a light coming out from this woman. I don't know, you must have noticed that. When she entered the room, there was like uh, a light surrounding her. And that was her inner world. That was her pure inner life. She, le uh, she lived as a true Christian. And I believe she is home finally. And she is in the kingdom where she was heading to all her life. Thank you for being here today. Thank you. Thank you. Any other thoughts? Yes.
I miss her hugs most. <laughs> she had such nice big hugs. <laughs> I think people are lacking that a lot today because social time, distancing and all, it's terrible. We need those hugs. And um, she and Nina would care for my family of young children, give them presents, and they just were very loving to us. Even though we couldn't speak, like we said, we couldn't speak to each other, but she would always say, God loves you, or God bless you, and give you a huge hug. I miss her too. Okay, any other? Uh, she was a very nice lady. When I was a deacon, I used to sit at the back over there. And when she come before the service, she will ask me about the mic, uh, about the translator. She wanted to hear what the preacher will speak. And most of the time when I will finish my sermon, she will come to me and tell me that the quote of Ellen White shows that she was inspired by God. Now she will hug me. She don't, she don't, I don't understand what she's talking because me too, my English is my second language. But one day she told me that is old Adventist message. Now when she come to church, I remember one time we have uh, Jordan, that uh, gentleman who was going to Papua New Guinea. Yes, Jason. And we didn't have the uh, translator uh, headphone. She came to me again. She said, <laughs> I don't understand. I need to hear what they are speaking about. She was committed to her <laughs> faith. And the, uh, she left inspiration for all of us. Amen. Amen. Other thoughts? Or if you have some, just raise your hand. So can I give this to you then? I'm going to go up here. Did you want to stay up? Let's have a word of prayer. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for motherhood. We thank you that you invite every man, woman, and child to be part of your family, your heavenly kingdom. We're so thankful that Asmic wooed by the Holy Spirit, accepted by faith, your invitation to be part of the family of God. We thank you, Father, for loving us, watching over us, as you did Asmic. And by your grace, by your creative power, made her such a beautiful, beautiful person that made the world a better place. But now, Father, we do pray that you will guide us as we think upon a few words from your word. In this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, there's no more sacred work in our world than being a mother. You know, the, the king on his throne has not a higher position than a mother. Because a mother's task is to ed educate her children. And a mother's will spend more time with her children usually than a father. And what kind of kingdom can a king have if children aren't raised properly? And so a mother's work is higher than that of a king. 
and it's to prepare her children to be as useful in this fallen world as possible to make it a better place. But her work doesn't really end there because she's also trying to prepare her children for heaven. And there is no higher task than to prepare your loved ones to live forever. Now that, that work, that task, cannot be better accomplished than by our scripture reading, which was in Colossians chapter 1, verse 27, that says that Christ in you, Christ in you, the hope of glory. The verse even talks about how it's a mystery. It is a mystery. How can Christ be in us? How can Christ be in us? And it's not something we can fully explain, but it is something that we can all what? We can all experience. We can all experience it. Christ in us is Christ being formed within us. Isn't that what that means? The life of Christ being formed from within. And this is our hope of glory. There is no greater hope. There is no more glory than to have Christ formed within you. You could own properties and have high positions. But what kind of glory is that in comparison of having Christ formed within you? There is no greater hope or glory than that. But the question is, how can Christ be formed within me if Jesus is in heaven? If he's up there, then how can he be in here? And the answer is by the work of the, by the, work of the Holy Spirit. The idea that Christ can be formed within us suggests the process of reproduction. That Christ is being reproduced in us. Is that right? Being formed from within. And the whole concept of reproduction gives us the concept of a seed. A seed. Everything in our world, you realize, that's living, comes from a seed. Every shrub, every tree, every animal, even everybody here, comes from a seed. Is this right? Comes from a seed. Christ formed within you is a new life because Jesus is the seed. And if Christ's life as a seed is planted in you, it will reproduce itself into a new life. Into a new life. So how does the divine seed, Jesus, get planted and reproduced in us? And the answer again is by the the Holy Spirit. It's the whole life of Jesus is a seed. Christ's humility is a seed. Christ's forgiveness, his understanding, his temperance, his, his way of looking at people. These are all separate seeds in the life of Christ. Christ came here to live out a perfect life in every aspect, in every category to produce a seed for us. Because in that seed is life, an unfolding of a life. 
And what do I do with those seeds? If I were to pray right now for the seed of Christ's humility, is there a part I play? I must give up the old seed of pride that came about from my natural birth. We all came from a seed. And that seed was from Adam and Eve, but they could only pass on a seed of a fallen nature. That seed does not produce eternal life. There's only one seed that will produce eternal life. The seed of Adam and Eve leads to what? Leads to death. The seed of Jesus Christ leads to to life eternal. You see, the law of heredity is real. You look a little bit like Asmic, don't you? Yeah. (laughs) Well, I know you do because... (laughs) Now, don't argue with me here. I'm preaching. (laughs) But it's just... It's genetics. It's science. That we take on characteristics and tendencies from our parents that are passed on because the seed principle is real. And every apple seed is the life of an apple tree. Nothing else. Not a pear tree, just an apple tree. The entire life of that tree is in that little seed. And so when our parents produce us, so to speak, they give birth through seed. It's not blank. It's real. Real heredity. Sometimes that comes out in eye color, hair color, size, whatever, but also temperament. A lot of things are passed on. But here's the question. If our parents can, through seed, pass on their genetics, their physicalness, their, their, their tendencies to us, and we know they do, can the Holy Spirit give me a different kind of seed? Am I enslaved to the seed of my earthly parents? No. The Bible, the gospel says you can be born of a new seed. One that gives eternal life. Our parents can't give us eternal life. They give us life and we're thankful. We have life. But it's not eternal until we have the seed, which which is Christ. Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 10, I am come that they might have... He's saying this to people who are already living. And they're thinking, oh, what are you talking about? Life. No. A life that is more abundant. A different kind of life. A life of, of joy and peace. Because it comes from a different... It comes from a different seed. It comes from a different seed. John chapter 1, verse 3. In him, speaking of Christ, was, was life, and the life was the, the light of men. We all come from seed from our parents, eventually back to Adam and Eve, of which there's no hope of a resurrection, no hope of eternal life. But through that seed, which is Christ, who is the, the life. And if the life of Jesus is planted in me, if I receive his humility as a seed, 
his love for this person and for that person as a seed planted in my life, it will grow. And then my life will become one that will emit what? Light. You see, it says here, in him was life, and his life was the the light of men. His life, what he produced, was light, was truth, was love. That's the kind of light we want. But it all comes from a seed. If you want to be light, you have to be a gardener, right? We've got to allow the seed of Jesus to be planted in our hearts that our lives might become brighter and brighter and brighter every day. It is the work of a work of a lifetime. A work of a lifetime. Jesus, so desperately, as we've been talking about the Gospel of John, people who even sought to kill him, he was still trying to reach them and say, I'm the living water, though. I'm the light of the world. I've come from above. My Father sent me. You need me. If you don't have me, you're going to die in your sins. You have no life in yourself. To the very people who hated him, wanted to kill him, he's still trying to reach them. Because he knows that without him, they have no They have no eternal life because they're only born of the seed of Adam and Eve, which is a fallen nature. And what they need is a new nature from a new seed, a seed that has life in it. And this is what Jesus said to him. And ye would not come unto me that ye might have life. Every seed produces after its kind. Now, our responsibility is if I were to receive the seed of Jesus, it is a seed. But when you garden, when you garden, if I put a seed in the ground, am I supposed to do anything more than put the seed in the ground? I'm supposed to take care of that soil. I've got to make sure there's some water. I've got to make sure I put it in a place where the sunshine hits it. I've got to make sure that I can pull the weeds from around it so it's not choked up and it's not in competition with other things that are not healthy. You see, in other words, when I commit myself to receive the seed of Christ, I have the responsibility to take care of the soil of this heart. I shouldn't be watching worldly television, listening to worldly music, and having terrible conversations and terrible thoughts and say, I want the seed of Jesus. Because what will those conditions do to the seed? It'll choke it out. And Jesus taught a parable like that. We've got to make sure those tears are pulled out by God's grace. In 1 John chapter 5, verses 12 and 13, He that hath a son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. These things have I written unto you that you believe on the name of who? The Son of God, the divine seed, that you may know that ye have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. Because in Jesus and Jesus alone, He is the life. He is the seed. Now, to me, this is a beautiful thought. When we talk about seed and we come from our parents, you belong to a what? You belong to a family. And as you belong to a family of sons and daughters, it brings in the whole concept of inheritance. Inheritance. In Romans chapter 8, verses 14 through 17 
For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth its witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, we shall also be glorified together with him. How do you become an heir? By becoming a child, by being born in a family. And how are we to be one of these children? By birth. Isn't this right? You're born into a family, and because you're a son and a daughter, you'll receive an inheritance. Now, all of us are born of the Adam and Eve seed, but that doesn't bring an inheritance of eternal life doesn't give us any promises, any claim to any promises based on that seed. But if I'm born again, born from above, born of Jesus and His seed, right? I now become part of the family of, of God. And because I'm a family of God, I become a son and daughter of God. I now have a what? An inheritance. An inheritance. Listen to these precious words. If you have renounced self in giving yourself to Christ, you are a member of the family of God and everything in the Father's house is for you. All the treasures of God are open to you, both the world that now is and that which is to come. The ministry of angels, the gift of His Spirit, the labors of His servants, all are for you. The world with everything in it is yours so far as it can do you good. Even the enmity of the wicked will prove a blessing by disciplining you for heaven. If you are Christ, all things are yours. You see, every promise in this Bible is yours if you are a child of God. And you become a child of God by birth, which is a seed. And that seed is Christ. I don't know the day that Asmic accepted Jesus into her heart. But without a doubt, there was a day where she did. Or with some, it's kind of a process. They can't point to a day, but it was a, a process where they eventually kind of gave their heart to the God, but they had been moving and already in that direction. And for some, it was like instantaneous, like a born-again experience. Yeah. can name the day and the hour. For me, it was February of, what was it, 19, yeah, it goes back then, 1980. I was born again. Amen. I had new interests, new motives, yeah. wanted to study the Bible for the first time in my life. I wanted to tell people about Jesus for the first time in my life. Amen. Prior to being born again, I had no time for Christians. Didn't we want to be around them? But when you're born of a new seed, there are new motives, there's new purposes, there's a new life. I don't know the day Asmic was born again, but she was born again. Which one? 91? 1991, <laughs> so Elena, 1991, 
And from that time on, she was now beginning a new life because of being born again from a new seed. And everything in the Bible became Horace. Every promise. And for you. What a blessing for us. That God would do that for us. So when we think of a seed, we think in terms of being born again after its kind. And if I'm born again of Jesus, then if I allow his seed to be in me, then I will become more like more like him. And I need to make sure that I do everything I can to protect and nurture that seed and not allow anything to choke it out. That's why we've been given health laws and other things that protects us from air. Not that we're saved by these things. We're only saved by grace through faith. But God gives us these lifestyle things to protect us from unnecessary evil. So we don't crowd out the seed. We allow it to flourish and to grow. But let me conclude with this. Then when we think of a seed, we not only think in terms of our new birth experience being born of Christ and the idea of an inheritance, but let me close with the Bible itself is seed. Jesus said in John 6.63, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are And when he says life, he's really saying there's seed. Every Bible story has a seed of truth in it. Every commandment, every psalm, every proverb has a seed of truth. The Bible's asking us to take advantage of all the truth, all the seeds that are in this book, this holy book, and allow those seeds to be planted in our hearts so that it will what? Bear fruit. Because whatever seeds you plant in your heart, I can guarantee you, it will bear fruit. Now, one of the things this Bible says in Genesis 3.15, the first Bible promise, is God says to the serpent, I will put enmity between your seed and her seed. Isn't that interesting? That God says in the first Bible promise, it matters which seed you're born of. There is something called the seed of the serpent, of Satan. And there is the seed of the woman, the true church. And this is what people are making decisions between every day. What seeds are we planting in our mind, in our heart? Because it's real. It's just simply science. You can't, you can't ignore the law of heredity and seed bearing and everything produced after its kind. It's, in fact, chapter 2 in 1 of Genesis Everything produces after its its kind. It always has. A cat always gives birth to a kitten. But getting back to the word, John says in John chapter 5, verse 24, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life. Wow. We leave this church today. There's a thousand things out there, millions of bad seed out there. Isn't that right? It's all around you. Satan is scattering bad seed everywhere. But the good seed is right here. 
And this is what Asmik did. She took this Bible, and all she wanted to hear was truth. Because truth is a seed, like everything else. But truth will always produce good fruit. And as she stayed on that path, she just became more beautiful every day. And that's just science. It's true. There's principles behind all this. And soon Jesus will be here, friends. I don't know the day or the hour, but the signs are all around us. The signs are all around us. The question is now, how many seeds of truth are you going to plant in your heart before Jesus is here? And will we make that commitment and say, no more bad seed? Because it always produces death. Is that right? All God ever wanted us to have was good seed. That's all he ever wanted us to have. And enjoy. And by his protection, if we allow him to protect us and lead us, that's exactly what we will have. Because he will take care of his own. God has been good to each one of us. And we're just so thankful how God took care of your mother. God, God's been good. And, uh, and in the same way that he has loved Asmik, he equally loves us. And he's got a place for us in heaven. But it'll always be by his power, but it'll always be, it'll always be our choice. And every day we make choices. Let's always make, by God's grace, the best choices to listen to the best things, speak the best things, read the best things, to produce the best crop of a life. Before we have our closing prayer, let us have our closing hymn. Our closing hymn this morning is going to be number 493, Fill My Cup, Lord. Number 493, and if we could all stand.
just had one announcement. We will have an afternoon study for those interested. It'll be on Armageddon. And I'm thinking what best time would that be? Maybe two o'clock the latest? Okay, let's do that. Let us uh, have a word of prayer. Father, thank you for family. In creating Adam and Eve, you created family right there in the Garden of Eden and sanctified it with your bringing them together as a foundation of human society. And Father, we thank you that through Christ we can all be part of that heavenly family. And that Jesus is not only our Lord and Savior, but has chosen to become our brother. And now we can speak to you, Father, as Abba, Father. We are not worthy, but we are a privileged people. To be able to know that Christ can live within So, Father, may each one of us allow the Holy Spirit to do his perfect work. The Holy Spirit's able to fully form Christ within each one of us. So, Father, keep us from not allowing him to do that work. Let us cooperate fully with heavenly agencies to form Christ within, to have that beautiful, altogether character of Jesus that we may be a blessing to our fellow men and women that's suffering in this world. So, Father, thank you for gracing us with our sister Asmik for, for many years. We ask that you continue to be with her, her loved ones, and bless those families represented. And to bless us, continue to bless us as a church family as we move forward, awaiting the blessed hope of Jesus' coming. And we pray all this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. And I would ask that maybe you would join me and we'll, when people leave, they can welcome you. Or Is that okay? Okay. Thank you.